Welcome to Voices of Experience, the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. I'm your host, technology strategist and futurist, Crystal Washington. If you tuned in last week, we learned about refreshing our brands in this new environment. In this week's episode, Talk to Strangers, Bruce Turkel is going to share how you can ensure your words are concise and powerful, while Ross Bernstein will tell you how to leverage referrals and testimonials. Are you ready? Let's get started. Today on Voices of Experience, we have the Bruce Turkel, C-P-A-E, and he's going to talk to us about concise visual and verbal communications. A little bit about Bruce, he owned an ad agency for 32 years, he's been on national television over 400 times, some of us are working on time number one, and then lastly, he has been married for 34 years, which might be the most impressive of all the statistics. Welcome to Voices of Experience, Bruce. Thank you. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, man. I'm ready to dig right in because I know there's no one else in this organization that can answer these questions as well as you can. Number one. How can speakers leverage brevity to better communicate their brand messaging online and in person? I believe that uh, the words that we use define who we are. That's why I wonder why people invest with someone called a real estate broker or an investment (laughs) broker, because they have the word broke in the name. Here's our problem. We have the word speaker in the name, not speak, speaker, meaning we think we need to be speaking. And when we're not speaking, we are neither communicating nor are we doing anything that is billable. Mm. And it seems to me that the less you say, the more takeaway you provide and the more value your words have. Mm. Okay. With that in mind, is there a formula or exercise you'd recommend for distilling our messages as speakers down to tweetable or TV-ready quotes. How do we how do we learn to say less? Yeah, the, the number one word that you should keep in mind when you're doing this is intention or intentionality. What is your intention? You should never pick up a phone with a prospect, with a call for prospect rather, without first thinking, when I hang up the phone, what do I want to have had happened? When I had the folks in my agency, I used to tell them that before every client meeting. Walk into the meeting knowing what you want to walk out with and then use that as the goal for what you're doing. When I'm on television, I know they're going to cut, not only are they going to cut me off very quickly if I'm not saying anything of value, Mm -hmm. but the person watching at home is going to change the channel. Mm -hmm. So therefore, I might have a lot of backstory and a lot of information and a lot of stuff I want to share, but I have to speak in sound bites. I have to be highly intentional about what I want to accomplish. If you're writing, do your mind dump first. I always tell people, I'm not a good writer, I'm a good rewriter. Get all the information onto paper. Mm -hmm. Then go back and say, why did I need that? What can I eliminate? Don't think your words are darlings. You know, we we always say in the advertising business, copywriters need to learn to kill their babies. Oh, wow. That's because good. what you create is your baby. Oh, my it, God, it I created this. Yes. But wait, maybe it can be shorter. Mm-hmm. We can always remove words. If you're editing, mm-hmm. if, you, if you're told I need to write something in seven words or 10 words or 20 words, you write it the first time, it's 40 words. Okay. You cannot go from 40 words to 10, but you can go from 40 to 38. Then you read it again. You go from 38 to 32. Then you read it again. You change some words. You're done. Something you can do just as, a, as an exercise, the word that, mm-hmm. T-H-A-T, mm-hmm. in your writing, read the word that. I'm sorry, read without the word that. Just cross out wherever you wrote it. Most of the time, it doesn't need to be there. Wow. 
And once you see that, now sometimes it's critical if you're using it as a non-specific uh, pronoun, but most of the time you don't need it. And you'll realize there's so many things you don't need. Like, I don't need to keep talking. <laughs> but actually you do. You're giving us gold. And it actually reminds me of, we did an interview with Patricia Fripp where she talked about recording and then transcribing your speeches. So every time you speak, record it, transcribe it so you can see what's coming out of your mouth. Now, I'm thinking what you just said builds on that because now we can even go back to the things we're saying and start to be more cognizant of what we're saying on the stage when we're adding too many words. I think that's critical. I think we need to look at videos or mm -hmm. audio tapes of us doing our work mm -hmm. as game tapes. Uh, Ross Bernstein talked about the fact that those are our game tapes. Sam Richter has told me that he watches other speakers Mm -hmm. Like Tom Brady would watch other teams playing wow. and say, okay, how did they do that? When did they put their hand in their pocket? How did they tell that joke? And if you can do that, stop thinking of yourself. Mm -hmm. Well, let's rephrase that. Get over yourself. Right. Stop right. saying, oh my God, look at me. Oh my God, I can't believe I did that. And instead, think of yourself as a product. Mm -hmm. And then watch the tapes of yourself talking, which I know is painful. We right. all hate right. it. And the people who don't hate it, we don't like them, right? <laughs> but, right. But watch it and just say, how could I have done that better? Mm -hmm. What could I have cut out? Did I tell that story too many times? Did I belabor the point? And then the other thing, ironically, is pause more. Mm -hmm. Slow down. If you're speaking less, if you have less to say, it means you have more time. Okay. Therefore, you can slow down. I tend to talk very fast, especially mm -hmm. when I get excited. But you can slow down and you can pause. And people don't think in the audience, oh, they're pausing. They don't know what to say. They think, oh, they're thinking. Or, ooh, they're letting it sink in. Or they don't oh. notice at all. Slow down and pause. My business partner used to say, I'm going slow because I'm in a hurry. And I mm. thought that was brilliant. That's powerful. On the same line, in the age of social media and memes, because we, we want to be relevant online, are there tactics you'd recommend for reinforcing messaging there? Of course. Because understand that social media is just another media source. Television, radio, print, billboards, out of home, internet, social media. They're all different tools for the same effect. We're reaching out to other people. Remember that the first word of social media is social. So it's about establishing a rela It's a media that allows you to establish a relationship. And then let's go back to what I said at the very beginning of this, intentionality. Don't tweet because you think, oh, I haven't tweeted today. Right. Or, oh, I have to put up five Instagrams or, excuse me, Instas. Right. Um, or I have to uh, <laughs> be on Facebook or whatever the new thing is. I haven't TikToked this week. Think intentionality. What are you trying to communicate? I will tell you, in my case, I want to get across three things. Mm -hmm. I want to get across, wow, that guy's smart, or wow, I never thought of it that way, because I want clients to think, either for speaking or consulting, mm -hmm. we have this problem. Let's call that Bruce guy in. He sees things differently, which I do. Mm -hmm. That's my gift. But there's two other things. I want them to say, I like that guy. Right. Like, I'd like to spend time with him. I'd like to have a beer with him. I'd like to go for a run with him because it's all about relationships. The word right. social. And then I want them to say, wow, he's everywhere. Which is why every video I do says, hey, this is Bruce Turkel in Cancun with today's Marketing Minute. This is Bruce Turkel in Houston. And then I mix them up because the idea is if he's all over the place, other people are hiring him. Why aren't we? Right. Every post I do, if you look back, mm -hmm you will see they all have those three intentions in mind. So it's not, oh, my friend Crystal just posted, I need to now repost, which I do, mm -hmm. but it's all about 
Oh, did you see what she said here? Oh, look how he noticed that. Mm-hmm. Or I was in Houston and I saw my friend Crystal. Oh, look where he is. Mm-hmm. Or Crystal and I hanging out after work, having a great time. Ooh, nice guy, I'd like to be with him. Every one of my posts is about those three intentions. If you don't know where you're going, how do you know how to get there? Know what you want to say first. Think more, talk less. Wow. Bruce is always a fountain of wisdom, and he even gave a shout out to our next guest. In a time when some of us are pivoting, getting referrals for virtual events and consulting is more important than ever before. We also need to build our library of testimonials for our new offerings. On this segment of Voices of Experience, we have Ross Bernstein, CSP, here to talk to us about leveraging referrals and testimonials. Interesting little fact about Ross, he's spoken on all seven continents. Does that include Antarctica? (laughs) Two words, Crystal. Penguin poop. That's insane. But we're going to get back to the interview. We're going to have to talk. That's going to be a sidebar for later, okay? What is the number one mistake you see speakers make with referrals? Because I know you are big on referrals. Well, I referrals are a huge part of my business. I, I, uh, it's really the lifeblood of, uh, for speakers. I mean, otherwise you're just organically trying to reinvent the wheel every single week. So, you know, I, I do about 120 events a year and uh, I always say I know there to be certain truths. Mm-hmm. Um, the client's going to have a conference next year. They're going to need a keynote speaker, and it probably ain't going to be me because I just did it. <laughs> right. So I'm very purposeful to try and recommend you know gigs to my friends and colleagues and people who I think would be a good fit. So I have a, I have a strategy, a plan to to do that, and I'm really good at making you know short emails, kind of warm and fuzzy, but just setting that person up to see see them on the email, right? And uh, to tee them up and say, hey, you know, to tell the planner what a great event it was and how appreciative and the gratitude I have for being there. But hey, I've got a great candidate for mm. for. Next Next year, and the, you know, then to instruct the person that I'm sending to re- hit, you know, reply. Oh, hey, Ross, love you, brother. Thank you so much for the warm introduction. You know, hey, planner, I'd, I'd love to connect. Can we? Can, and then it's just a warm handoff. I don't want to wow. be in the CC loop. And, and if they book the gig, there's no there's no monetary compensation. Mm-hmm. I don't want money. I want karma. That 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 guy's buying beer. That that's mm-hmm. that's what I want. And so I'd say, you know, to be more purposeful. You know, if you're a young emerging speaker, especially, just make introductions. You know, give mm-hmm. give some hey, hey to the planner. Hey, I want to introduce you to someone. Right. We we just need an introduction. We don't necessarily need a referral. Just someone that has a point of contact. Otherwise, you're never going to get past the gatekeeper. And I would say, as far as you know, a, a challenge for what I see for how people do it wrong, in my opinion, is uh, sometimes people get lazy and they. They'll say, oh, I recommended you. Well, make it real. Put it in an email. Make right. it real. Don't just say you recommended me, or right? And, and furthermore, a lot of times planners will say, hey, give me a few candidates. Great. Don't send a one email with four CCs. Here's my four choices. It's absolutely the kiss of death. Okay. The planner will never... I learned that doing book signings early on. Whenever I was at a Barnes & Noble doing mm-hmm. a book signing and there were four other speakers or authors there, mm-hmm. people just feel like, well, I don't want to hurt your feelings. So no one would get any sales. Versus, you, do you, so you do send uh, Individual, individually? Absolutely. So I'll, oh. I might send out you know a few emails and go, you might tee up the planner and go, hey, I've got a few candidates for you. And you know what? Hey, do you 
who are you guys looking for? Mm. Do, do you guys looking for a female candidate, a mm-hmm. person of color, mm-hmm. uh, a sports expert, right. someone who specializes in ag tech or pharma? Or health, right. So, right. but you got to be purposeful about it, and then you got to find people in your tribe that are willing to reciprocate. People at your level. Mm. But uh, even if you're an emerging speaker, we've all you've all had one good, a few good gigs. Well, share those the people that you're trying to aspire to be like, and see what happens. If those people have karma too, they're going to share with you, and it's going to hyper accelerate your not only your growth and learning curve, but really your 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 bottom line. What I love about this is it's almost like you get to be Santa Claus all the time. Absolutely. So it's not while, a better gift. Yeah, so while obviously this will be reciprocated, if you're just someone who really likes to just give to your fellow speakers and, and your friends, this is a wonderful opportunity to refer those, obviously, that you're willing to put your name on the line for because yeah. we have friends that maybe wouldn't be a good fit for our clients. But I love the fact that you have a strategy and it's a win-win for the speakers, for the client, it makes you look better. And I would imagine it increases your chances of being invited back years later once they're in a cycle where they can pull you yeah. back. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, you know, and you really, it's one of these things you can't keep score. You know, mm-hmm. people get very, well, I got you this and you're going to give me that. And I think it's just, you know, you have to find people that really, um, you know, want to play nice in the sandbox with you. And then, and, and, you know, you find your tribe pretty quick. Yeah. People who you're going to, you know, they're your go-to people. But, um, you know, I, I'm always t- trying to, you know, think differently about this and to really, you know, just it's karma-based. You have to really try and just help people organically. And if they don't help back, then, you know, then the, then that, you know, obviously you're going to look elsewhere. Right. Okay. One last question for you. How can we get more testimonials and leverage them better? Because I know you're master at testimonials, too. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I have uh, more than 100 testimonials in it on my website, on my, on my demo. Wow, wow. So can I just interrupt for a second for anyone who's listening that didn't catch that? You didn't say you have 100 testimonials. You said you have 100 testimonial videos on your website, which means you have more than that. This is just what you're putting in your marketing. Yeah. Well, I really don't do any marketing. I mean, my demo video is like 35 minutes. Right, right. And, um, but... Because I become very intimate with the planners, the VPs of sales, the you know the people who hire me, the CEOs of companies, and I spend time with them, mm-hmm. I've earned the permission if I do a great job to ask for a video testimonial. Okay. So um, I don't have you know Bob from Cleveland and Susan from Des Moines saying oh he was great. Right. I have long testimonials from CEOs saying mm-hmm. here's why we love Ross and here's what he did for our company, and what I found is that's proof. And when planners hire me, they watch that because they want to see what other people, colleagues, people, you know, for Fortune 100 companies saying, right. well, wow, if these guys are saying this guy's great, then, then maybe we should look at him. So it's, it's uh, as I say, it's not me bragging about me. It's somebody else bragging about me that that's a lot more important than me. So mm-hmm. they're, they're really powerful. So if you can earn one and get one, get one. But, you know, they're... Written ones, they're nice, but you know, planners don't have time now. They're, right. They're, there's no time to read things, and quite frankly, you know, that ship sailed too. I think when a lot of speakers just would write stuff, and planners say, "Just write something, and I'll sign it." Right. They, they just, right. They're just not authentic. Mm. So you know, when I do my testimonials, I, I use my iPhone. The mm. audio's bad. The video's bad. You know why? Because they're authentic. Right. I don't want, if someone ever says, I'm going to go back and send you a video, I don't want that because it looks staged. I want to be, you know, on, you know, in front of that main stage, loud energy right afterwards. Be right. like, wow, Ross was incredible. I mean, that, that's what I want. It's fresh. It's fresh, it's real, and it, and, it, and, it, uh, and it quadrupled my business. Thank you for tuning in to Voices of Experience, the podcast of the National Speakers Association. Catch us on your favorite podcast app, YouTube, and NSA's social media profiles. I'll see you next week. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.